Benvenuti and ciao ragazzi to the 33rd episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell and I am broadcasting far away from Naples. Alas, although I was there. Anyway, luckily we have the one, the only, Michele Borelli, who is at Napoli Tickets on Twitter. As ever, in the shadow of Vesuvio. How the hell are you doing, Michele? Ah, uh, yes. Thank God we have a non-plastic, yeah, in the podcast. Otherwise, otherwise, can you imagine? Just like having a plastic podcast made by plastic pants. Like, can you, can you even believe it? After I mean, supporting this club. I'm surprised it took all of three seconds for you. To, dear listeners, you need to understand it. Obviously, I've been to Naples and back. And Michele, you are a, you're a demanding person. And it's beautiful. And obviously, the affection and love you have towards me is strong. And you called me a plastic on WhatsApp, I think, maybe four to 7,000 times over a three-day period. Yeah, that's not enough. That's not enough to describe your behavior for the Napoli Sampdoria game. Once again, once again, you behave like a plastic. So I guess, you know, like if you come here for the third time and for a third time you act plastically, then, you know, it's it's over. It's confirmed. I still have a little bit of a doubt, but yeah, well. Big plastic. Napoli fan. That actually scans from the radio head. Fake plastic watering. Fake plastic Napoli fan. In a fake plastic. Anyway, sorry, uh, listeners, you're not listening to this to hear a reimagined radio head. I'm sure there are hundreds of podcasts for that. But we still got to spend some time together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole five minutes together. That's amazing. Much like Romeo and Juliet, that, um, you know. Uh, but we'll go into this later in the podcast. So don't worry, Michaela. Right. There's going to be plenty of time for you to um, to get your feelings off your chest. It's important that we're honest with our feelings. Anyway, I hope everybody listening at home is is doing all right. So I recorded a live podcast, which you may or may not have listened to yet. A, a little short one just outside the stadium. Uh, our dear producer, Rafa Rispo, has uh, been working on it. Uh, so hopefully that will be out. And so officially, this is the 33rd episode of In the Shadow of CVA. So could you please tell us, Michele, what number 33 is in the Napoli Tombola? And if you say it's plastic, then I'm not going to believe you. I wish. I wish it was. So number 33 is one of those numbers which is quite famous in terms of everybody knows what it is. Um, Number 33 in the Napoli Tombola is Janne Christ. Yanne Christ, which would be Jesus Christ years, because as you would know, obviously, you know, Jesus Christ died when he was 33. And so ah. we adopted that number and we adapted it to the tomba. So number 33 is Jesus Christ years, Yanne Christ. And yeah, it's quite famous. It's one of those few numbers which everybody knows about. Well, there was an obscure... Um... British band in the late 90s called Dark Star that brought out an album called 2020 Sound, which I think has been unfairly neglected by history. Famously had the lyric in it, Jesus was my age when he got nailed, um, which I think was not the most sensitive lyric ever written, but I always remember thinking, 
the singer must have been 33 when he wrote that song. Anyway, okay. Now, eagle-eared listeners who have listened to the live pod recorded on location just outside um, the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona will realize that when I came over to you during our brief but um, beautiful moment together pre-game, um, you were eating a sandwich that was not an ignorant panino, but a, yeah. a sandwich, a very well put together. Sandwich. I mean, I remember coming over to you at the time thinking, Michele is full of shit, man. He says, like, ignorant panino. This is a sophisticated, I had roast vegetables in it, I maybe some goat's cheese. It was a particularly sophisticated panino. But I came over to you, and, and but because you're a plastic Neapolitan, you didn't know what number 32 was in an Apple yes. Tombola. So have you had time to do your homework? First of all, first of all, let me clarify, because, you know, like, other than being a Napoli plastic, you're also Michele plastic, because non-Michele plastic would know that I only eat ignorant paninis after after the game, Na- yes. after Napoli games. So in case Napoli wins, it's a celebratory ignorant panino. In case we tie or lose, it's a consolatory ignorant panino. It's just to, you know, just to drown our sorrows in ignorant food. And yeah, so pre-game, sure. I don't usually have much time to eat because obviously I'm giving out uh, tickets. I'm eating a lot of people. This time for this game, I had some time. So um, I just saw there a quick, it wasn't even a panino. I wouldn't even describe it as a panino. It was like, like the technical name is crostone. It's more like a sandwich. And it was a nice sandwich, to be honest. I really, really enjoyed it. But I usually, yeah. I usually don't, don't eat it before games because I don't want to meet people when giving out tickets with, you know, a ticket, tickets in my right hand and a panino on my left hand and my greasy fingers all over tickets. So I usually, I usually don't do that, but you know. Such like, a consummate professional, McKenna. I've always thought that. Thank you very much. But for your question, number 32, yes, I've done my homework now. And number Good. 32, which is one of those numbers which people don't really know about. But number 32 is O Capitone. O Capitone would be the eel. The eel. Mm. So, yeah, that's a little bit obscure, but yeah, there it is. Eels freak me out, man. Good band, though, if we're going to talk about bands for the 90s. Anyway, um, you know, Michele, it's hard when you, I mean, have, I don't know if you've ever tried to record a podcast into an iPhone when there's about 3,000 Napoli fans singing and uh, letting off like foghorns and talking to like multiple different people. But sometimes the brain slows down. And so, I, yeah, the ignorant Panino did escape me. But I promise you that it's the last time I get my, my Michele facts wrong. Um, now, OK, what we're going to do today is we're obviously going to talk about uh, the day, the game, not really the game, because what happened in the game, but what was going on in the stadium during the game. The aftermath which I think both of us have quite strong feelings on, actually. And um, we're going to do a little a little sort of review of a couple of things, but we're going to do a proper season review, I think, next week. Um, but before we get cracking on that, what's the city like now? So obviously when I was there, and I'm sure everyone has seen on, on the internet and things on, on MySpace and Bebo, um, there's lots of pictures of the incredible sort of decorations and the fact that the whole city is devoted to, to the Scudetto. Is all that still up? Is it still, does it feel, still feel like a Scudetto city? So first of all, I want to say that I've been, 
I've been to the beach for the past five days. I, I yes, came back mate. this. I <laughs> I came back this afternoon. So as you can see, well, you, Henry, you're looking can good, see. man. Like you're yeah, looking. From my I time, got home. Yes. I got ill. I've been in bed since I got back from Naples, basically, and I look like a zombie. Whereas you, like, you got this new setup, this kind of Caravaggio-esque. Or actually, Caravaggio, his subjects didn't look so well, actually. But you're like a kind of healthy-looking Caravaggio subject. Nice, thank you. So. I know, well, I mean, I, I literally came back this afternoon, so I, I, I didn't go around the city, but um, most of the, you know, all the banners, most of the blue and white uh, decorations are, see, are still up, even though an, an, an ultras group and even the mayor are asking uh, Napoli fans to remove the decorations which is something I don't really agree with. I was thinking about it today. I was reading a little bit about it and I really don't understand this rush to remove decorations. I think they, would, they, should, they should last at least until, you know, the beginning of, of next season. Yeah. I don't understand why. Why? I mean, they say, yeah, no, it's good because, you know, they would eventually become trash. So let's do, you know, let's be righteous citizens and let's remove the decorations altogether. I don't understand this. I mean, keep it up. Another, Re- yeah. Replace that. I mean, it is like when I was over there. It's. I mean, I kind of said on the on the live thing, but like, um, it's really overwhelming. It must be quite interesting from your perspective when you talked about this before that you've seen this kind of gradual process happen. But for someone that's been to the city, what four, four or five times now, to turn up and see it like that immediately, it's just sort of quite visceral. To re- I mean, that it was just devoted this huge city the whole place entirely decked out in the club's colors Beautiful. everywhere it's i can't think i mean there's maybe Buenos Aires, but that has multiple clubs i can't think of any other city in the world where you would get that you know and um, celebrate it yeah no i agree and also i was thinking mostly about you know being a neapolitan and a napoli fan who was born here, raised here, but left the city for a, like a few years. I was, you know, I used to come back every, like usually when I was a student, I used to come back in summer, right? In July. So obviously, obviously, if I still were out, I would have come back sooner in May or like June, or maybe I would have probably moved to Napoli for the past, you know, two months just to live through this, yeah. this era. But, you know, a lot of people can't. A lot of people, a lot of Napoli fans, a lot, a lot of Neapolitans are all around the world. Maybe they are in, like, Australia, the U.S., like, places where it's not really easy to schedule Paisley. a flight to come back. Paisley, yeah, exactly. So maybe these are people who are coming back to Napoli for the first time in a few months. And, you know, it would have been nice. I was thinking about them. It would have been nice to have the decorations up for these people to enjoy. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, well, I mean, we are fresh champions of Italy. It's not like we won the, the, the league, you know, like five months ago. We won the league, you know, like a week ago. Like, and it looks literally... great. I mean, yeah. just on a pure aesthetic level, you've obviously got the, there's no blue sky like the blue sky of, of, of Naples, really, I think. Maybe bits of Sardinia, but, you know, there's not many places I've been where Passing. that sky is, is adds up. Okay, just Naples, yes. Okay, it's the only place where the sky is blue. But there's a particular intensity of, of blue sky that you get there. And then obviously you have all these colors and purely from an aesthetic perspective, it looks wonderful. I think, I mean, I'm yeah. sure there'll be people that complain about it, but just learn about aesthetics. 
Yeah, but really. I think, you know, like we have so many decorations up that, you know, there, there have been a few incidents because some people, you know, it wasn't organized, obviously. I mean, I, I've, I've been talking about it. I, we, we didn't have a lot of episodes in the past two, three months, but yeah, I've been yeah. talking been about busy, it. Enjoying, enjoying Napoli win, win the league, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just my fault. Just no, I said we. I said we. Ah, right. we. Okay. Right, the tenth episode, listeners. Fine, so no, yeah, this. no. The thing is, we have a we had a few incidents with the decorations because it wasn't organized. You know, it wasn't something promoted or paid by the you know city councils or stuff like that. You know, just individual funds um, deciding to decorate the streets, mostly maybe like shops in a in specific streets. Uh, putting money together and deciding all together to put the decorations up. So most of the time it wasn't organized. And some people, what some people did was um, they tied the, um, you know, the blue and white uh, stripes, the decorations to like water pipes. And yeah. And sometimes, (laughs) yeah, sometimes they tied them not too high. So when the uh, garbage collection uh, truck came around, it just destroyed everything because it, yeah, it just <laughs> oh, yeah, it just the pipes of the world. Yeah, part. exactly. They tore down the decorations and with them the pipes. And sometimes Amazing. just the wind. Sometimes just the wind with some banners. You know, it just uh, it's kind of like a sail. So, do you have? I'm going to ask you a direct question, put you on the spot. Do you have a particular favorite part of town in terms of the the decorations that are up? I've enjoyed all of them. I'll be honest, but if I have to be precise about one specific part of town, I would say that, um, you know, maybe I will elaborate a little bit on it in the next episode, but Napoli Salernitana was particularly emotional for me. Like the whole trip from my house to the stadium, I usually go on the motorway to go to the stadium, but that day I decided to go through the town just to experience the build up, just to experience like everyone walking, you know, just all the decorations and everything. And I usually don't do that because mm. it takes a little bit more time for me to go through Napoli than through the motorway. I've actually found out that it's not true. So from that day on, I've always gone, like I've avoided the motorway entirely. I'm just going through through town because it's like It's not that minutes. far. It's no, a no, no, yeah. position, isn't it? Really, it's like, yeah, no, no, yeah. but we did not. The thing is that going by scooter, I avoid all the traffic and everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually faster for me to go through town than rather than uh, taking the, the the motorway but um going through the city basically uh when you are in mergellina and you have to reach furigrotta so the stadium area you have to go through the tunnel there are two tunnels you have to go through one is to go from mergellina to furigrotta and the other one is to go from furigrotta to mergellina so i took that a tunnel for the first time in months because I, again I usually don't take that I take the tunnel to go to go back home from the stadium but that's a different tunnel so it was the first time I took that tunnel to go through to the stadium area and at the end of the tunnel um, it was quite emotional I literally started like tearing up after that because it was the biggest most intense decorated area I think in the whole the whole city it was like just wow. like stripes and banners and flags everywhere like literally you couldn't see the sky because of all the you know decorations you had on the top of your head and since i ride the scooter i could look up and it was amazing it was really nice so there was a moment that i will always cherish probably for the rest of my life but just the impact i had going 
from the tunnel, so the dark tunnel through the sunny Napoli day and through the like so heavily decorated area in Forigrotta. That was really, really nice. That was amazing. I, I think the decoration was still up there. Uh, and that, well, that was nice. So if I had to pick one specific spot, that would be the spot. But if I had to spe- uh, pick a specific time, that would be the time. So the Napoli Sanitana pregame at the end of the tunnel, going from Mergelina to, to Forigrotta. That would be my absolute favorite part of town. And that backdrop of the sky, I know I keep going on about it, but that's the thing I remember most when I first went to the stadium last year was just the blue everywhere. The blue seats, the blue running track, the blue sky, the blue shirts of the fans. And that is the kind of... Though actually it was quite cloudy, wasn't it, on the on the, on the the 4th of June. But there, that is the kind of... I mean, anyone listening that hasn't been to Naples, and I think we do have some listeners that actually haven't been, that's as a plastic who isn't from... No, like you're nodding away. <laughs> that's right. That's uh, what I want to hear. Yes. Um, go on. Go on. But I would always recommend to anybody who's in Naples to to look up, you know, to look up at the tops of the buildings and to always try to frame your enjoyment of the of the beautiful city with that, um, I suppose in theatre we'd call it a cyclorama, that kind of backdrop of, of vivid... Azzurra. And if I actually, when I was in, in Capri, we did some talk. I know you got very angry about me being a tourist, but just wandering around Capri and n- not buying Gucci and avoiding the rich people, but just looking at the views, that cyclorama of like pure blue is, I think, probably the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And, and so to have that from your perspective coming out of the darkness of the tunnel with the nerves of this game where it could all happen and just to be overloaded by pure Napoli colours against that backdrop. Yeah, I can imagine that would be absolutely overwhelming. Um, nice. Okay. You're, a, you're a plastic, but you're a poetic plastic. Nice. There we go. Very nice. Um, Very nice picture you painted the, there. Yeah, painting. That's what we do, McKinley. We We paint pictures. So, okay. The... I have to talk about the weekend as well. I mean, I know I wasn't around as much as I should have been, but I I have to uh, embarrass you a bit, Michele, by just, and I'm sure there'll be lots of listeners who are immensely thankful and appreciative of the efforts that you went to. And I just want the listeners to realise exactly how hard you worked. So you ended up sorting out a restaurant booking for like how many people, Michele? I mean, it was supposed to be 50, but a few plastics didn't show up. I never said I was going to be there. I never said I was going to be there. No, I wasn't talking about you. You see? You see? Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> insecure now. Listen, yeah. it's fine. So you should be. So, no, it was like about 40 of us. And it was, yeah, it was quite nice. It was, I mean, it wasn't my idea to have the lunch. Was I was Dan? the one. It was Dan, Daniel Bowen's idea. So it was I'd say advice. the two of you, and Dan with his Napoli Nation, I think he really went to town with that, and that was really beautiful. But I think yeah, the yeah. two of you, so, and it's not easy. Dan. You've got people from all around the world, and you, and you sorted out like a set menu, and it was a big deal. And so I think um, I think I speak for quite a lot of people listening to this podcast to say to say thank you for sorting that out, because um, it was... Great. Yeah, well, talk... Uh, yeah, and it was, was it was it cool? I've seen all the pictures. It seems like a really beautiful coming together of people of lots of different generations and stuff right yeah a lot of people who you know i i never met 
and I only spoken to a lot of people who also have been supporting me and my uh, Twitter profile, my activity for, for years now, since the beginning. So it was a real pleasure to meet them and, you know, to associate a face, even though obviously, I mean, most of the people already knew how they looked like, but it was very nice to shake their hands and, and, yeah. and just say, just share a pizza all together. It was really, really a nice day. And, you know, like it was in anticipation of, the trophy lifting, so we're all very happy. It was a sunny day on the Lungomare, Lungomare restaurant. So yeah, no, just like a very nice day all around. And how, how was the pizza? It was great, obviously. I picked the place, so it was great. Should we and, give them a shout out in case anyone is going to arrive in Naples shortly? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't need a shout out because they're one of the busiest restaurants in Napoli. But yeah, the restaurant was Antonio Antonio. And I mean, it's a good pizza. It's not the best pizza in Napoli, but it's a good pizza. And what they can't be beaten uh, about is the location, because the location is right in front of Castel del Lobo, right on Rungomare. So it's a great location. It's a very big restaurant, very nice people there. So, you yeah, know, it's, it's great. You know, if you, if you fancy uh, having a pizza in Napoli and one in, on the Lungomare, which is one of the best places to have a pizza, in, in Napoli so just go there Antonio and Antonio on the Lungomar yeah and it's great and there was lots of moments of bumping into people I bumped into uh, Francesco you you went to the training ground right on the uh, Thursday or the Friday right we attempted yes to go to the training ground but we didn't we didn't get in we didn't get you didn't get in so you're just outside yeah no it was like was very crowded yeah a lot of people outside the training training ground so who has the most ridiculous car out of the napoli squad and i actually i think i know what you're going to say and if you don't i'm going to lead you there further but who has the most ridiculous car i mean spalletti of course spalletti has the the panda yeah exactly the panda i saw the panda but yeah a lot of players they have the same car just like big suvs you know kind of boring but there was one player, a very large, tall player, who had quite a surprising car right here. Kim. Kim Min Jae. Mm, I must have missed him. Apparently he has like a smart car. Like he really? drove in and as yeah, Francesco was telling me that everyone else is coming in on like in their like Hummers and their mm. you know blacked out Land Rovers. And Kim Min Jae turns up on a smart car, which kind of makes me love him even more. Please don't leave, Kim. Um Okay, cool. So let's get there. It's, it's June the 4th. It's Sunday. Um, you gave very good advice to people to get there early. Um, I did a bit of walking to get there, so I did turn up a bit late to your abuse. I was 15 minutes late. And the, yeah, the abuse you gave me was, I think, disproportionate to the sin. Michaela. No, you deserve it. You know, deep down, you know you deserve it. But I was. I completed the Caravaggio tripletta earlier on by seeing the one that's on Via Toledo, which was hilarious because Via Toledo was completely and utterly packed of Napoli fans singing. Yeah. And it was funny to, and it was a free entry to the art gallery. So it was really funny, like looking at Caravaggio and just hearing all the songs. I thought, actually, I think, I think Caravaggio would be, would be quite proud of that. Uh, and I got my first proper uh, pizza frita, pizza frita, what, how yeah. do you call it? Yeah. Pizza frita, how was it? It was excellent. It was from one of the places that was like Sufis or whatever it was called. And there was a massive queue, but I think it was worth it. And I got lucky because I think I got one that was fresh out of the oven. Uh, And that was my preparation. So, and then I got there and then I had, I think a similar thing that you had a few days before that I met um, 
Rafa Rispo for the first time a person, Kirsten Slurz for the first time a person, uh, Jacob from Glasgow Napoli for the first time a person, uh, Marcello Bruno. I mean, there's millions of people that I met. Um, David Addison and his wonderful other half is, you know, David Addison is like a, a man of great culture, I think. Um, so many great chats. Great to see Mo Salad again and Marion Dan and just a really lovely coming together in, in the beautiful bar. Oh, you were there too, yeah. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, Oh, Marco Cubani as well. from Canada. So there was all this like really amazing stuff, which you'll hear a bit, I think, if you listen to the live pod. But against this backdrop of just, and I mean, has it been like that really since, I don't know, February before, like all the Tifosi just gathering right in front of the bar? Is Has it, how, is it always like that? Or is it, how long has that been going on for? It's been like that since the Salernitana game. Right, maybe they like they just skip the inter game because honestly, I mean, who cared? I mean, no one really cared about the inter game. Yeah. But yeah, Salernitana, Fiorentina was like that too, and obviously uh, against Sampdoria. So yeah, and it was really nice. It was very intense against. Was very intense for the Salernitana game and for the uh, Sampdoria game. It was really really nice. I think probably the Salernitana game was the most intense. There was. Yeah. Great. It's a shame that we didn't win the Scudetto that day because, you know, I kind yeah. of, you know, obviously you can't have any regrets, you know, like it's not about, it's not about that, but not winning the Scudetto that day, it's, it's not been nice. It was, it would have been, it would have been great. But isn't that just life, was, man? I mean, yeah, that's true. It's, you can't impose a narrative on such a slippery fish as existence. Yes. Well said. And, you know, like it wouldn't be, the Napoli way to do it, just to win it when everyone expects it to. You know, like we won the Scudetto in a very unpredictable way, but we had to, we had to put some Napoli style yeah. in there. You know, some Absolutely. some slight disappointment in the season. Otherwise, it would have been too perfect. So instead of like marriage Italian style, it's Scudetto Napoli style. I like it. Uh, Vittorio De Sica, uh, you can't have any money. Um, so. You had quite a nice pre-game, presumably, because it was so hard to get a ticket. You didn't really have that much to do, so you could kind of enjoy it a bit more as a fan. Would you say that's fair? Um, yes and no, because I'm always a little bit stressed when it comes to that. You know, like I, I wanted to go inside the stadium quite early, so I, I was a little bit stressed with people being late. As you know, it was quite hard to get to the stadium area because trains were very full. In these cases, for these past few games, it wasn't just, obviously the stadium was sold out, but it wasn't just about that. A lot of people gathered outside the stadium, mm-hmm. even without tickets. A lot of people tried to get in with fake tickets or with no tickets at all, but most people went outside there just to experience the atmosphere. You know, a lot of people gathered in the you know, biggest squares in town, obviously Piazza Mercato, Piazza uh, Plebiscito, the obvious one. But yeah, a few people just went outside the stadium to to celebrate, to party, basically. So and it was the- a very how can I say this? Like, you know, there's a perception. I'm not as seasoned a football fan as many people listening in terms of going to stadiums and all that kind of stuff. And I've talked about this in the past. And I suppose on paper, the idea of streets being full of fans singing and there's flares going off and there's foghorns that on paper, you might think that was an intimidating atmosphere. 
but it was the exact opposite of that. It was so interesting to me because it was a it was a crowd environment, a football crowd environment that was incredibly welcoming. You know, and what was really nice was that you had people in the bar who would just go off into the crowd for 10 minutes, then come back. And it was like they'd gone into like some kind of like joy machine. Yeah. Because they they they'd then they'd come back with this kind of look of um sort of glazed joy of just and these are all people that probably traveled thousands of miles from America and Canada and Australia and places like that. And it was just really cool, you know, in that yeah. in that sense. Um you know, and actually my train, I got the I got the train at about just before three and it was fine. It wasn't wasn't too crowded. But um but you went in quite early, right? And because you had your family in the stadium, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went inside right after the gates open. Mm. Yeah, but most people just stayed outside. I you know, I can really even begin to imagine what it would feel like to live in Australia like our good friend Marcello Bruno and yeah. come to Napoli on such a day and see what he saw and experience what he experienced. It should have been like would have it's it's been probably very emotional for him. He was very thankful for the ticket, obviously. But there's a was... huge amount of emotion going on from everyone, really. Um great, and great. and I probably had my first like genuine I was saying just before we started recording, my first genuine experience as a football fan uh, before the game, in that um myself and Jacob and Jamie from Glasgow Napoli, all right, lads. Um we and we also had uh, Payman with us. Great to meet Payman as well. What a what a great guy Payman is. Agreed. I just yeah. I brought it yeah. to the to the airport a couple of days later on my scooter, which actually on Monday, the day the day after the game. So yeah, he had the yeah, full that, experience. He got the scooter yeah, exactly. right as well. Yeah, wow. it was it was the first time that he told me he wanted to experience. You know, something really avoid and he was he told me he was very scared but he said I've always, <laughs> I've always wanted to do this so yeah so yeah it was a show because we thought we were going to be sat together and then we actually realized we were on opposite sides yeah. um which is a shame also dom i got to meet dom that was great dom he's just such a yeah we had a, a good chat where i was like yeah it was great anyway um so yeah i went into the crowds outside the stadium I mean, we're talking thousands of people. I I bought a flare, Michaela. Really? You did? I bought a flare. And uh, Jacob and his mate, his name I've forgotten, um, we couldn't make it start. We were trying oh, okay. to. Because yeah, you have yeah. to kind that of light sense. it. Yeah. Like a, we had to hand it back to the guy to do it for us. Like, could we be any more plastic? If we yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now it makes sense. And he... Um, and then we went in with the Glasgow Napoli flag into the thousands of people. And we were all singing like Tiamo um, Noi and Saro Conte and all this stuff with thousands of other fans. I mean, never, I've never had that as a human being before. And um, it was just utterly brilliant. That's what being a fan is all about, isn't it? And all the stuff that you say that it doesn't make sense to you unless you're there with other people, you know, it totally made sense to me actually in that moment i was like this is an experience that is completely different than watching at home on tv obviously but there was a kind of sense of welcoming and what's the word how can i say this i suppose community it was one of those words gets used all the time but there was nothing intimidating about it whatsoever and maybe i was just naive or whatever but it was just a sense of like pure celebration and pure just like 
people would just come in and they join and then someone else would come in. And it was just really what I suppose being a, a, a collective is about. But I mean, you do this all the time, right, Michele? Yeah, no, it's really fun. But, you know, like, I do this all the time. So maybe in some way I take it for granted, uh, even though, even though, you know, I always say that supporting Napoli is nice, not just because, you know, it's not just a sport, you know, it's, it's very basic to say that, but it's true. I really feel it. And now, and now you just described what I've been telling people like in, in a much worse way for, for, for years, you know, like I've also lived abroad for a while and, for a couple of years, I had to watch Napoli games alone, which was pure torture. I won't lie to you when I say that part of the reasons why I came back to Napoli, and it might sound stupid, you know, but part of the reason why I came back to Napoli is because of that, you know, because watching Napoli games, watching Napoli games is a big part of my life. It's not just a sport, you know, it's much more than that. And watching Napoli games alone doesn't make any sense to me. And well, I, I want to I want to get onto that in a second, but yeah, I I can see why because it's like, I mean, I've got nothing to compare it to, so, but it does feel unique, I suppose, to to Naples and, and Napoli. I can totally understand, and also you live so far away, right? You were like in Udine, which is just yeah. But actually, after I was in Naples, I went to, it was cheaper to go to Bordeaux before going home. And it was just such a completely different place. It's probably the equivalent of going to France or whatever. And so that call, not just for yourself, but I'm sure for, for millions of Neapolitans, and even those in the 50s who had to move up north, must have been so strong and strange and weird to be apart from that, I suppose. And I mean, I've read lots of books about Naples. I've been interested in it as a place for a long time. But I suppose I didn't understand it until June the 4th when I was in that crowd of people, I suppose. Um, yes, even though when I was in Udine, I always I always went to the Napoli fans club Udine. So there was... Of course. Yeah. And when I was in London, I always went to the Napoli fans club London. Who are great, aren't they? They're fantastic. They're quite nice. Yeah, no, just like it's such a chaotic experience if you go there. It's not the, the one, it's not the one in the restaurant because a lot of people believe that the Napoli Fast Club London is in the restaurant, the Da Maria, which is not true. It's just a very small restaurant, that one. It's not really the Napoli Fans Club. It's also good to repeat that there are no official Napoli Fans Clubs because nobody doesn't really recognize Fans Club as being mm. official. But the... Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, the only Napoli fans club in London is the one near, well, I mean, if you're not in London, you wouldn't know, but near Tottenham Court Road. And it's basically a very small sandwich shop. Like, if you see it from outside, it's like a super small shop, a sandwich shop owned by a Bari fan from, yeah, just a Bari fan. Yeah, yeah, Felicia. I mean, you are not, not, not disconnected at the moment, too. Uh, Sportiva Napoli, uh, Calcio no, Napoli. No, 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 no. But this guy, like, the thing is that the, the actual place where Napoli fans watch games is not on the ground level of the shop, it's in the basement, which is a very dark. I think, I mean, it was supposed to be probably like a, like a small storage area, but somehow they made space for about like 60, 70 seats there. And again, it's not big. It's not a big place. It's like, I think it would be probably like two meters tall. You know, like it's mm. very small. Like there are two, three televisions all in the same um, 
direction and just super crowded of Napoli fans. So it's, it's, it's such a chaotic experience to watch games there. I loved it. I really loved it. And yeah, but a few, for a few years, I didn't live in London. I, I lived in Scotland. And in Scotland, there are no Napoli fans clubs. So I had to not, watch... not until last year. Exactly. Curva G. But I had, to watch, I had to watch Napoli games alone. That, was, that destroyed me because it doesn't make any sense to me to watch Napoli alone. For me, watching Napoli is a sense of, you know, community, as you say, the sense of, you know, it's a social, the social aspect of it is important. It's not, it's not about Napoli winning or losing. It's about winning or losing together for me. That, and that is also why I go to the stadium, to experience mm. this times a million. Because everything you're feeling, yeah. you know, the 50,000 people around you are also feeling. So it's a sense of, you know, like we're going through this together, which is a kind of therapeutic for me. Because when we yeah, win... but I got I got that before the and it was, and I had the uh, Liam uh, from Glasgow Napoli put together the the flag. This it's a Scottish flag with Glasgow Napoli written on it, and um, people coming up, going, "You're from Glasgow? What's going on?" I mean, I didn't want to say, "Well, actually, I'm the most English person in the whole world," but then my grandfather it was was Glaswegian anyway, and th- but there was just that lack of judgment, I suppose, and I think the lens of social media. There's all this bullshit that exists that people get into arguments about who's a better fan and blah, 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 blah. But if you're just there, none of that stuff is relevant. None of it, because you're there. And yeah. if you're there, you're part of that group. And um, yeah, anyway, I thought I'm laboring this point. So, but that was a highlight for me, weirdly. Like, I didn't need the game after I, did, I didn't, I didn't need anything. I just having that experience was was really i never would have thought i would have bought a flare i just ne- <laughs> never would have done that in a million years like i went to a fucking school when i was a kid where you had to wear a cap and i had a briefcase you know and i had a fucking flare in my head sorry for swearing everybody anyway um although actually did i have it in my hair yeah very shortly then we didn't know how to put it out so we had to like put it out on the floor like like a big big red cigarette anyway so that was all great you presumably had an equally wholesome tie i have to say so but then i got it so then it took an hour and a half to get in because of the queues at the gate i think i got unlucky i was in uh distinty and um and i had a bit of a weird seat there was some a couple of seats around me the people around me weren't that into it so i went for this like incredibly like collective beautiful moment to suddenly having this really irritating experience, taking an hour and a half to get in. It felt a bit unsafe at times. It was really, really, really crowded. Um, and I got a bit irritated at um, De Laurentiis. I'm sure it wasn't his fault, but I thought there should be more people on the gate, but maybe that's a policing thing. Maybe that's a local authority thing. Um, and then I was sat sort of quite, f- it was fine. I mean, I was so pleased to get a ticket and be there. Obviously that's incredible. But then I looked at Curva B. I saw what you lot were up to. And it was just incredible, like the bounce, the bouncing and the the songs. And it seems particularly lively in Kurva B in comparison to Kurva A. And there were the speakers for the concert, so you couldn't see half the half the pitch. And I sort of was a bit overwhelmed by that experience outside the stadium, actually. And I was a bit um I don't know what the word is. Stunned, I suppose. And so the game just sort of happened. 
yeah. and there were little moments that were amazing like i managed to sing saddle conte with with the with the cover and the fans around me and sing Samanoi, you know all that stuff and that was amazing but i couldn't really tell you very much about the game so tell me a bit about Kurova B and what was going on, because it looks absolutely amazing from where I was at. So, you know, I mean, it's funny to me to hear, yeah, a lot of people told me in the distinct, especially, that the queues were very long. And that's due to the fact that, yes, a lot of people had fake tickets, so the security at the stadium took their time to check all tickets and to check, you know, because you can have maybe like a real ticket, but for a different section, or maybe it's a real ticket, but with a different name. So you have to be careful about checking all tickets, matching them to the ID. And there was a lot of police, a lot of police, a lot yeah. of police at the gates this time. I've never seen that. It was funny to me, though, because personally, I experienced the shortest queue ever since I started going to the stadium. And it wasn't like because I went very late or very early. I went at peak time, but I literally had just one guy in front of me and that's it. And the guy in front of me had a fake ticket, actually. That was pretty funny because he was in front of me and I saw it. I saw him taking the ticket out from his wallet, the ID out of his wallet, and then 20 euros. And then he put Ooh. the wallet back in his pocket. I was like, okay, what is he going to do? Is it like, is he try? I mean, obviously, it was trying to do something funny with the security. But once he went to the actual uh, guy who was in charge of checking tickets, this guy had a policeman right behind him. So the policeman was checking the checking procedures, let's say. He uh. was overseeing the whole thing. So the guy put the 20 euros back in his pocket. The ticket was real, but it was for a different, different uh, section. So they checked the ticket and then, then they kicked him out. And it was quite funny also to see how many people were around the gates, but not queuing. But the gate, it was just people. I don't know what they were waiting for. It was quite funny. It's not the first time I see this. Mm. It happened with the Salernitana game too. Just people outside the gate looking at people going inside the stadium. I, I don't know what they're waiting for. Like, are they waiting for... Maybe I don't know, they, they wanted to be dead center of a curious crowd. To quite no, I don't know. If, no, it feels like they're waiting for something. Like they're, they're trying to get in. But not too much. So maybe they are waiting for the right moment. Who knows? But yeah, well, I went inside. It was very quiet. You know, it was quite easy to get in. And Bastard. yeah, I mean, the experience you had with the weird fans was quite common. A lot of people went for this game. And these are people who probably have never been inside the stadium. A lot of people yeah. was people who are not very uh, regular when it comes to, you know, going to the stadium. So, yeah, that was quite common. In my personal experience, I went to the stadium with my family. And uh, in my family, it's just me and my dad going to the stadium all the time. We are the season ticket holders. My brother really started caring about the team in the past two months. He's not really into I love football. it. My and... brother's exactly the same. He only decides to support football if, you know, it can irritate me in some way. So he... Yeah, supports Liverpool when they're playing Napoli, etc. Et yeah, well, I mean, to be honest, you know, um, it's a big party, especially this pa past few games. Um, yeah, it was just a big party, so I didn't really care about that. Uh, maybe you could argue that there are people who, you know, care about the team a little bit more. People who 
follow the games and the team a little bit more closely and maybe maybe they were more deserving of a ticket than my brother or his girlfriend who has no idea <laughs> even like she probably doesn't know the like players names but you know like it's just a big party so that's all part of it though i just i don't know i mean me of all people can't criticize a fan for doing anything but i think um I wonder how long that interest will stay for. Maybe it will linger longer than you might think. I don't know. There must be so many new fans that have come out of the season, though, don't so. you reckon? I think so. That's part of it. That's why. That's part of why I don't really judge it because that's how you start. Maybe you know. I mean, most yeah. of us, probably none of us, have started with Napoli winning a scudetto because it's very rare. That doesn't yeah. really happen that often. But you know, exactly. a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of kids, a lot of families in the stadium. Um, for me, it was fine because it was I was with the usual friends, the usual season ticket holders, and a couple of friends who've been to all games. So I mean, and, I was... and your mate from school that was briefly on the on the podcast. I spoke some terrible Italian to him. Yeah, there was yeah, exactly, yeah, Alberto. You mean Alberto? Yeah, yeah there was yeah, Alberto. Been, Alberto missed out on the season ticket, but he's been to all games this season, so he oh, deserved, he really deserved that ticket. He couldn't miss it. And yeah, well, my sister was there. She has no idea what what a Napoli is. And my mom <laughs> was also there. She follows Napoli, but she's not really like a big fan. She, she's happy when Napoli wins and that's it. Like my but that, You're right. There was a lot of families around. You know, I could see that too. And actually, you can't have a problem with that unless you, I don't know, you've got some deep-rooted unhappiness in your soul. Um, it's fine. It's okay. I mean, it's, you know, like it's, it was a joyous day you know a joyous game a joyous uh, experience so I, I won't really argue oh no you don't deserve the ticket you don't deserve like most exactly. people most people were i mean i know a lot of people would try to get the ticket and couldn't because tickets for this game like we could have a like a five hours podcast just about the ticket sale for yeah. for this game maybe i'm gonna have a like i'm gonna open a new podcast just about the tickets and no one is going to listen to it because it's very boring. But I have but to be, vent. Good, be good therapy for you, I think. Exactly. Um, I just have to vent. Because sometimes, so, you know, like, yeah. And it was a depressing I mean, day when it comes to tickets, but it was fine. Yeah. I think my only regret is that Kim was suspended. So it's probably unlikely I'm going to see that guy play for Napoli in the flesh. But um, got to see a, you know, Osimhen score a penalty. And that Simeone goal was absolutely beautiful. But really? I couldn't see half of it because. I don't want to turn this into a whinge because I mean, actually, I was, I've got the show notes and I'm like, actually, I should, maybe we should cut some of these bits because, like, um, it's been interesting just talking over the past twenty minutes, thirty minutes about it. It was, it was actually a very beautiful occasion, and I don't particularly want to to rain on that parade. But there were these massive speakers all around the stadium, right, and you couldn't see quite a lot of the pitch if you were unlucky and I was particularly unlucky so I saw I saw like a bit of the goal go luckily it was a beautiful long range strike so I sort of saw the ball saw some speakers saw the ball saw some speakers saw some speakers and then through the net and I was like oh right that was good I think but there's not it's not a huge amount I can tell you about the game and I don't think anyone listening is that interesting but in terms of the core of a B experience for you it was it was great. It was great. Yeah. It, went, it looks uh, wonderful, isn't it? Absolutely wonderful. Yeah, we had a nice choreography. I was right under it. And yeah, it was quite fun. You know, like it's not really that often that we have choreographies in Curva. Now it's happening more yeah. often, obviously, but 
it's like these are in the past month i've experienced the first two choreographers in person it's never happened to me before and i've been going to curva for four years now so yeah that was quite fun it was was very nice and yeah i couldn't tell you anything about the game because no one really cared about the game let's be yeah, honest yeah. Uh, it was, you know, yeah, well, about the sidelines, that was really weird. You don't want to complain about it. I will complain about it. I mean, I, I mean, let's get to the trophy list because that was yes. ridiculous. I mean, they set the whole thing. Oh, go on, you, you tell us because just it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was just they had a whole pitch to, you know, to have the stage on and they couldn't do anything about it. But no, they mounted the stage ran in front of one section, which is the tribuna section and the tribuna autorita section where, you know, the VIPs fans sit. And that's it. And it was really, really disappointing. You couldn't see anything. We had to, we were in the stadium. There were literally, there was war. There was war. You couldn't, three quarters of the stadium couldn't see even more. the trophy. Yeah, even more, even more. We had to, it was we were in just the, the rich seats. Like just as like John Lennon said, um, you know, everyone applaud and the people in the rich seats just shake your wrists and we'll hear the jewelry. You know, it was that level. And in terms of what I believe in and the, the solidarity and collective experience, it was the exact opposite. I know I'm a theater in the round director, and it was the most painfully elitist way to do it. Sorry. I said yeah. I wasn't going to complain and I lied. No, no, no. But they said, you know, like it's not always, it's right to complain when, when there are reasons to. So don't, some people don't want to complain because they feel like, oh, yeah, no, we really, we want a Scudetto. We have nothing to complain about. But that's not true. I mean, obviously we have to separate the things. We want the Scudetto and obviously we won't complain about that. But the celebrations have been probably the worst, like the, the not the celebration, but the actual trophy lifting ceremony. Has been and the cameras couldn't even get worse. it either. So yeah. Even the argument that you're doing that for the cameras, you can get the shot, which is a terrible argument. Yeah, it was embarrassing. The, 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 I look back at it, and it was like they didn't even get it. And I think um, it's like I don't want to get too technical here from a theatre perspective, but it would be so easy to do that in the middle of the pitch. You need to slightly elevate it, and you can have, as they had, the fireworks around it. And you can have a board that has all the sponsors on and you can lift it in the middle of the pitch and you can turn around. You can enjoy it for everybody. And what really upset me was how the whole city was so clearly behind this and the whole city had been devoted to celebrating the team. And yet that event and whoever was responsible for it, I don't know if it was ADL, I don't know if it was the mayor, I don't know what was going on, was for such a small percentage of people and it was so, it's so mischaracterized what the whole couple of months have been about. It was really disappointing, actually, I have to say. Yes. So let me give you some info about it because I've been following because I was really hoping for a parade, for a bus parade around the city, like everywhere. Like, or even a lift in the, in the Piazza de Plebiscito. You know, it, it doesn't need to be. If there's, you can't, if you, yeah, if it's yeah. not to a bus, I mean, find somewhere yeah. big to lift the trophy with everyone there. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. So, They've been talking about this ceremony for months now. I've been following it very closely. So they were, they had different projects and they changed plans every week, literally every week. So the initial plan was to, I think that was what the, what the mayor wanted was to have like four or five stages mounted in Napoli, like some big squares and a couple of towns around Napoli. 
and have players go to these different stages and have some kind of show there. This is obviously after the game and you know in the in the evening after the game and probably like bring the trophy to these di- five different stages. I think the idea behind that was to avoid uh, concentration of people in just one place, which would be uh, Piazza del Plebiscito in, the, in that yeah. case, uh, since they were expecting millions and millions of people to be in the city to watch this kind of ceremony. They didn't want to have all people in one square, so they wanted to divide that. They talked a little bit about that, but eventually, you know, they didn't really do it. De Laurentiis was really strong about having a, sh- a television show. He wanted the RAI, which is the National Public uh, Broadcasting Network. He wanted RAI to broadcast the show live to the whole country. He was really, really, he felt very strongly about it. He said, I want a show to be broadcasted on television because I want this to be a national show. Everyone has to tune in and watch our show. Um, I mean, I didn't feel anything about it. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, do the normal show. And yeah, if you want to broadcast it to the whole country, do it. I don't care. But have a proper show. That's what I wanted. Um, for And it was like the guy, it was, uh, what's his name? Di Martino, the, yeah. the dancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it just felt just like the wrong thing to do completely. Failed. Like that. And Failed. it went yeah. on for so bloody long and my phone had run out of battery and after a while i just thought right so this and i stupidly didn't go back to the bar which i should have done and ended up just going home and i think um you know that's not the experience that everybody had but there was something that felt a bit wrong about that decision i think as as a club how long did you hang around for and what what was your thinking behind it and did, i suppose tell me about the trophy lift and did it just irritate you? Was there anything about it? That, I mean, the fireworks were very cool, but like, what was that moment like for you? I don't really care about the fireworks. I really wanted to see the trophy. So here's the story. The trophy has been in Napoli, had been in Napoli for a few days before the game, Napoli-Sampdoria. They brought the trophy to the team store in the Piazza de Martiri in Napoli. Team yeah. being obviously the Serie A sponsor. So massive brought... cues to have a picture taken by it, right? Exactly, massive cues. But I was there on the first day when no one knew about it. I was there. It was a Thursday. I remember. Of course, that. you were, Michele. Of course, you're the opposite of plastic. What? No. You're an organic. But wait a second, because I was there. I was having a nice walk, afternoon walk with my girlfriend around Napoli, and we saw the queue. It was literally three people in the queue. Three people. No one knew about it. And I said, oh, well, this must be the Scudetto. You know, I read about it. And my girlfriend said, do you want a queue to see it? And I thought about it because I didn't go there to the, for the Scudetto. I was randomly in Napoli for yeah. like a pizza and, a, you know, just a nice walk. It was a nice day. And she said, do you want to queue and touch the Scudetto and see the Scudetto? I thought about it a little bit. And then I said, no, because I felt that the right thing to do was to see the Scudetto for the first time in the stadium because I've been watching Napoli from my spot in Curva B for the whole year. And my, you know, I picture the image of me sitting in my usual spot in Curva B and just watching the Scudetto right in front of my eyes being lifted. And that, I, that was an emotional picture for me, mental picture. And that's, so I said, no, I want, I want my first time watching the Scudetto to be inside the stadium. So imagine me 
during the trophy lifting oh, ceremony, mate, oh not even God. having a glance at the Scudetto. The Scudetto was hidden because not only the stage was in front of the tribuna, it was hidden behind the sponsor panels because obviously when you... With the screens, with the site. Yeah, it was so weird the they screens, did that. The screens. So like I they, couldn't, they, like, as much as possible that people couldn't see it. Yes, and so they lifted the Scudetto and I had to watch it on the screens inside the stadium, which was extremely, extremely disappointed because as you can imagine, I've been dreaming about that moment for, well, for my whole life. And yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it at all. That was extremely disappointed, but even more disappointing because after that happened, I thought, okay, you know, fine. They will come right under the section right under the curva with the Scudetto and we will, they will lift it right in front of us. And I'm fortunate enough to be on the first row in curva B. So they would have been, they would have come right in front of me, but they didn't even do that. They rushed through the walk around the pitch. So that, so as you yeah. know, there is a pitch in the stadium and there's a running track to be closer to this pants. You have to walk on the running track, which they usually do. When you know games end, they come and you know they chant with us the usual chants. This time, I don't know why they just quickly walk on the pitch. So, if even if you walk on the edge of the pitch, you are still like 20, 30 meters away from the first row yeah. of fans. You got the moats. There's a, basically a moat. Like a you moat, can't. Yeah, the moat, the running track, and everything else. Yeah. So, I had to. They it walk, was really rushed. You're right. I yeah, didn't think about very that. Very rushed. Very rushed. And they just very quickly walked around the pitch. They showed us the Scudetto and that's it. They went back to the stage and that was it. So that was extremely disappointing. I stayed on, the, uh, on my seat for five minutes after the ceremony started with the singers and, and the concerts. And then I left because there was, I mean, I had no interest in seeing some mediocre com- mediocre comedians and some singers i have no interest in just like singing and i don't i have no idea i and I, monologues I wanted... like people giving these sentimental monologues and it's just like that's not what this is about it should be the fans together singing and celebrate anyway yeah i had no idea what happened i went outside the stadium i went back to my usual spot and i was i listened to some things that were happening inside the stadium. I had no idea. I have no idea who sang. I have no idea what happened. I didn't even see videos. Uh, I don't think it's really interest, interesting what they organized there. Again, no. if you want to blame someone, you blame, I think, first of all, you blame the Ministry of the Interior. At least if you want to trust the mayor, that's what happened. The mayor said the Ministry of the Interior didn't want the parade, the bus parade to happen in Napoli based on you know, public safety reasons yeah and you know it made me think because roma was in the final of europa league and we saw the pictures of the roma bus already being prepared with the roma europa league winners 2023 so obviously the ministry of the interior didn't have any problems with roma having a bus parade and the ministry of the interior being based in rome you know it kind of makes me think you know I want to trust the mayor, but I don't trust him fully about that. Mm. I do believe that he wanted a bus parade, but maybe, you know, it was probably something that also the police in Napoli didn't want. So yeah. uh, that was extremely disappointed because I've been dreaming about the bus parade with the Scudetto for, for years, decades. And for some reason, we are the only city in the world where a bus parade is forbidden. Literally. 
based I mean, on even public in, safety reasons. And it's really... Buenos Aires more, after the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. I mean, but it's even more disappointing because I was there when they had the mini bus parade after the Juve game. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, at least you had that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's probably as close as anybody got to that. Event. It was in the middle of the night. But it was a lot of a lot of people were there. And, you know, it was extremely chaotic. It wasn't organized at all, which is, you know, like, obviously a, a bus parade for the Scudetto would have been organized. The bus, par- bus parade, I say bus parade because obviously it wasn't supposed to be a bus parade. But after Napoli won against Juventus, in the middle of the night, about like 5,000, 10,000 fans uh, went outside the airport to celebrate the players. And I was there. And it was chaotic, but it was never dangerous. It was mm. just like very chaotic, very long. We had to the... spend the money on enough police to do it, Get, like ship in some police from another place. Or, you know what I mean? It's like you can work these things out. It just requires a bit of thought and imagination. But they don't care. They don't care. You know, like the, mm. the, the way the police do it in these countries to avoid having the problem altogether. Because, you know, it's nice for the fans to have it. It's nice for the mayor to have it because obviously he depends on the public opinion because he's a political figure. It's nice for the players to have it, but the police, there is nothing in in it for them, just problems. And if they are the ones who decide if the bus parade takes place or not, it's a very easy decision for them because it's only problems, only problems. So they said no. But it's quite symbolic, isn't it, Michele, that you left after five minutes and you went to join, you know, your mates and your and your fans. And presumably you were out till the small hours in the morning. And that, I think, was what the kind of event was about, because what had been organized was so lacking. It was down to the fans to make it their own experience, I suppose. So although I was an idiot and and ran out of battery and didn't go to the bar which was such an obvious thing to do and i didn't do it, it was yes. stupid yeah um what um what was it like afterwards i stayed in the Fort grotta area because i already went to the central uh like the historic center after the uh, yeah, yeah. win so which I you told to... us so vividly before it was very yeah very... i decided to stay in Fort grotta with the friends with international friends who came from all around the world to experience that. So we had a nice panino in the Frigrotta area. And yeah, no, we just talked about, well, to be honest, we talked about a little bit the disappointment of the night because it was it was a really disappointment event in general. Um, and the pregame was so lovely as well. I mean, maybe that was just me, but like the whole I thing was. was was beautiful, like seeing everyone at the bar. Also, Alex from Ireland, he's a top lad. Hey, Alex. Um... And being part of that crowd. And then it was actually gradually just a little little bit of an anticlimax. But these things often are. Yes. But make no mistake, I still cried like a bitch when Di Lorenzo lifted the trophy, obviously. I mean, I was... everybody did around me. Like, even these people that weren't that interested in the game just started sobbing. It was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So it wasn't, it wasn't like, it was a disappointment, but it wasn't like, it wasn't an emotional moment. It was an extremely emotional moment. Oh yeah, I, and it was very felt across the whole stadium, you know. And just, and I think that's Im- impressive. To, it's so hard if you weren't there, it's hard to describe how impossible it was to see what was going on, and yet there was that sense of sort of fifty, what fifty-two thousand people all kind of basically crying. You were telling me about after the the Uden, Udinese game when everyone just started crying because of the tension, and I, I, it was 
again, it's so interesting hearing you talk about it and then being there and it actually being exactly, I was like, ah, oh, this is what you mean. Yeah. And it was, that was a really beautiful moment, I think. Um, just Agreed, what an yeah. amazing, what an amazing thing it was. Um, yeah. So we're going to do a, a more sober season review next week about everything. Um, lots Before we to get talk about lots to talk about. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. And we've got to talk about Spalletti, and we've got to talk about the comings and goings. But I, I, I think it was cool that we could talk properly just about the emotions and the events of what happened, and we can save all the all that stuff for, for later. Is there anything else you want to say about that day before we get to your Neapolitan expression of the week, Michele? No, it was just a really nice day. Or like overall, I still enjoyed it. I will still treasure it forever. It was probably. You know, the disappointment is, is big because the moment was intense, but it was a very short moment. I pictured in my, in my mind that moment to last a little bit longer, you know, like the trophy to be lifted. The only guy who came under the curva to celebrate with us was Spalletti. He came with the whole family under curva B and curva B only, which is still, it's weird. I expected him to walk all around the stadium. He just came under curva B, then he walked to the Stinti and then he left, basically. And it was really nice, but like all what the guy. players, what guy. Really, I mean, we'll give him his love yeah. next week. But what yeah, absolutely. So yeah, no, it was a really nice day. It was a nice, like you know, way to wrap it all up. I would have liked to see something different, but then again, you know, like if you oh, and, see, the, and the Qualiarella thing that was nice. Yeah, yeah, no, a lot of things happen. Again, I have no idea what happened in in the game. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, in theory, Simeone scored right in front of me again. I had a huge screen right in front of me, so I couldn't see most of it. Restricted yeah, that, view. That, yeah, that's also, again, yeah, that's so more, so idiotic. Anyway. Well, um, like, yeah, well we'll uh, maybe for the next Scudetto, you know, all experience for the next time in 33 years, ladies and gentlemen. If they want a trophy lift consultant, like someone who understands theatre in the round and sightlines, I, I am available. So and my fee isn't actually that high. Um, just a, a week of um, or Siemens wages, I think. Um, yeah, no, just just some fish and chips from the local Italian deli. deli. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, I went. I'm a from out of battery, and I had some fish and chips. Water. Um, the okay, so yeah, it was it was amazing, and like, yeah, I think uh, it's funny, isn't it? Although that moment of the trophy lift wasn't there, the actual events of the day and that experience have stayed with me in a way that I wasn't anticipating I suppose and it's been a very intense few weeks for me it was my 40th birthday I went to South Africa I went to Africa for the first time it's been all sorts of like huge vivid amazing experiences uh but that I'd say hour and a half before the game has just you know I think about it all the time <laughs> and it was it was really beautiful um Anyway, what's the Neapolitan expression of the week, Michael? No, I want to say before that, I want to say that w- there's been some discussions about, some arguments about, you know, this ceremony lasting so long only for, for ticket holders for Napoli Sampdoria, obviously. Like, it's not like some people could come from outside after the oh, game. Oh, yeah, I've seen, yeah, people got pissed off by that, didn't they? Yeah. And the funny thing was that, that after a while, the stadium got empty. So if you watch the ceremony, I mean, the whole whatever event after the trophy lifting the very last like probably like the last hour or like half an hour the stadium was empty so 
And they organized this whole thing to have like a nice picture to broadcast to the whole country and to the whole world, really, because Rai broadcasts to the whole world. Yep. And the stadium was totally empty. And a lot of people weren't there. Uh, I read some critics about, you know, people said, oh, yeah, plastic fans, you know, like you couldn't even stay until the end of it. But <laughs> what's the point? What's the point? Like you had like 40,000, 45,000 people inside the stadium bored. Really they couldn't see anything because they hadn't yeah, thought about the actual. Sadly, event. they couldn't see anything, and you had like hundreds of thousands of people in the streets, just celebrating and having a lot of fun. And of course, you're going to go there and join them yeah, rather than exactly. you know see somebody freestyling names, like something from a shit open mic night. Um, yeah, no, I think the fans that left were the most sensible fans, to be honest. What would Eduardo de Filippo say? I have such a lack of understanding of what the theatrical spectacle is. Um, anyway. Uh, but I hope people listening, you don't think we sound entitled and spoiled, because actually it was also beautiful as well. But like, and I think the power of the day won over the um, incompetency of theatrical ceremonial side of things. Um but I think we need to hear some Neapolitan. Come on, McKellen. Yes. So the Neapolitan phrase of the week is, I think, you know, it's appropriate to wrap the season up, even though we're going to have a few more episodes about the season. But I want to say this because, you know, finally the season is over. As I said, to recover from this season in terms of tickets, but also in terms of, Yes, just like this, the stress of being a Napoli fan through a season like that, even though we won the Scudetto like four months ago. So you know, it was, you know, it's been stressful. Anyway, to wrap it all up, I want to say this phrase of the week, which is, a vittoria e di chi te pazienza. I repeat, a vittoria e di chi te pazienza. In English, it would be, victory is for those who have patience. And... You know, we had to have a lot yes, of patience right. because we waited 33 years. I wasn't even born when Napoli won the first time and the second time. So, you know, the season has ended. We had a lot of patience and we finally won it. Uh, we can relax now. I don't want to think about the managers. I don't want to think about, you know, the transfer market. I don't want to think about, oh, we will do it again. We will do it again. A it lot seems of so soon for all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really don't. I want to think about this victory for at least a few more weeks and then yeah we'll get into next season but and there are now, certain fans aren't there of a certain age Michele, like like rafa Rispo, who can kind of remember the second scudetto but then had this like huge weight quite a lot of us who were kids i think i was about 92 93 that i really started to become aware of that so like yeah i think i think we're good for like a few weeks or months or maybe even years to be honest yeah. to have had that experience man yeah because a lot of people it's kind of funny to me because a lot of people are saying oh yeah but if you want to win it again you know we have to do this this and that it's gonna be disappointing if we don't hire this manager if we don't buy these players because because you know we can win it and it's kind of absurd to me to have these conversations with fellow napoli fans about you know not winning yeah. if we don't win three scudettos in a row it's a failure Again, I kind of understand where they're coming from because it's easier to win a second Scudetto yeah. after you won. After you won one. It's easier yeah. because you have, you are, I mean, we won the Scudetto with 16 points advantage. So we are the clear favorites unless something weird happens on the transfer market. We should be the favorites to win the next Scudetto. But it's just crazy to me. It's just crazy to me to talk about. Yeah. 
yeah, like second scudetto, we don't win it. It's crazy, it's a failure. It's just you know, like I'm an, yeah. I'm still, you know, like I'm a Napoli fan. I'm not used to this. I, I will probably never get used to this. But this is how we felt all season, really, since like November, really. The whole thing's just been so strange. And maybe once we get into next season, we'll start to be thinking this way, but I don't know. And that's actually the challenge for the next coach, isn't it? Sorry to actually think about football for a second, is that that's the big, that's the big thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but this is probably why we're not professional footballers, mechanic. Because like, if I was an Apple player, I would just not do anything, I think, for two years. I just like look at pictures of, of the Scudetto trophy, basically. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, any last thoughts before we before we bounce, as they say? It's been great to start this start this podcast in an era where you know we gradually went through it. It's kind of I think in a few years it's gonna be very fun to listen back to all these episodes and yeah. Know, I was thinking yeah. of listening to the first one. I might do it actually tomorrow because it was such a weird moment because we were kind of a little bit hopeful, but you were like, no way. And then in less than in a year and a half it's all happened yeah nice yeah so it's gonna be really fun to go through all these episodes and just listen how my how i became i was very gradually very slowly started believing i started actually accepting the reality that i would finally actually see a scudetto in my in my city and in my stadium i honestly i can tell you and it's not it's not me being humble or being Obtuse, but I honestly can tell you that I was a hundred percent certain I would never see a scudetto in my lifetime. Never. So, you know, it still feels a little bit crazy to actually have been through this season. It's been really nice. It's been really nice to you know record these episodes and have a lot of people listen to them and you know, just to share it all with you. It's kind of like a you know, even if it wasn't a podcast, it's kind of like a personal diary in a way. So it's been quite fun. It's been a genuine honor to be uh, someone who just um, gets to experience such a person. I feel like I'm the person who's been reading a diary, Kelly. But it's, um, yeah, and we've got to carry on, man, because like, in some ways, this kind of feels like an, an end of a narrative. But I think it's going to be so interesting, isn't it, to see how what it feels like next season to be champions yeah. and what those feelings are, what's going to be the, yeah. So, yeah, I think, yeah, it's a great thing to say. And, you know, I remember when I messaged you on Twitter, I was going to interview for that article. And then I, when we met and I was like, Oh, it's going to be great. I could do a podcast with this guy. It's completely exceeded all my expectations. You know, it's amazing really that um, to, dickheads can gather and talk about this weird club even if one of them is a massive plastic eh McKelly agreed agreed um all right then let's uh let's take a week to think come back and review the season yes listeners thank you so much and like you know that goes out to you all we still can't quite believe that people listen to this show and people come up to McKelly and talk to him a lot about it and you know, we had nearly a thousand people listen to, in fact, now over a thousand people listen to the episode about the, about the ultras, you know, that support is great. And all the messages and all that stuff is really does mean a lot. And I hope you've enjoyed going on that, that journey with us too. And do let us know what you're up to and how you're feeling and 
when you do go to Naples and stuff. So do that through our Twitter account at Shadow of Vesuvio. Uh, the network's at Far From Vesuvius. Uh, Michele is at Napoli Tickets and I'm at Henry Calcio. But um, thank you so much for listening. What I hope is a bit of a special episode and um, take care, everybody. And Forza Napoli. Sempre. Yeah.